It's 8pm, Tuesday, March the 5th, 2019, and you're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102FM. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste with Sharon Noonan, sponsored by thetaste.ie, voted Ireland's best online food and drink magazine. Good evening and happy Pancake Tuesday. You're very welcome to tonight's Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan and coming up on the programme this evening, I'll be talking to Kira Brennan from the bespoke plant-based catering and pop-up enterprise Happy Food at Home about the vegan pancakes she was whipping a storm up with at her stall in the Limerick Milk Market last Saturday. And at the weekend, I donned the wellies and farming gear and visited a farm not too far from where I live in West. Limerick. I met Seamus Leahy who along with his family is the farmer stroke home economics teacher behind Bally Goat's Cheese, the latest delicious offering from West Limerick. But before that I want to congratulate award winning chef Brian McDermott on his latest cookbook. Traditional Irish Cooking for Today is a lovely compact book of very practical everyday recipes and it will be on the shelves next Monday March the 11th. Great value at 9 and if you're planning to treat someone to a little gift for St Patrick's Day. It's the perfect present. Brian, as you know, has appeared here on the show on a number of occasions in the past and he is also a regular on RTE and is the chef patron of the Foyle Hotel, a boutique hotel in Moville in County Donegal. So do keep an eye out for his book because it really is a lovely one to have on the shelf. And if you do pick up a copy, I would love to hear what you think about it and you can contact me here at the best possible taste by emailing s.nunan at live.ie or you can tweet me at Queen of Org as in Queen of Organisation or check out Instagram at Sharon J Noonan. Now for the day that is in it, we couldn't let the show pass by without talking pancakes. Last Saturday, Kira Brannan, who is the founder of the plant-based catering and pop-up enterprise Happy Food at Home, was busy in the milk market in Limerick, whipping up batches of pancakes that were dairy-free and perfect for vegetarians and vegans. You'll find her every Tuesday in her pop-up stall in the mall at Castle Troy Shopping Centre, and I met with her earlier today. Let's have a listen. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Kira, you were very busy last Saturday making pancakes. It's Pancake Tuesday today, but they weren't pancakes as I would know it because they were dairy-free. Well, actually they are. They look exactly like you would know it. The only thing I've omitted is is the, the dairy produce. So instead of putting in a normal milk, I've just put in an almond milk. And does that affect the flavour? It enhances the flavour? It makes the flavour even nicer because you actually have cho- You have so many choices with milks now, especially the plant-based. So you can get a sweetened version or an unsweetened version. You can get a hazelnut, you can get an almond, you can get a hemp, you can get an oat, you can get a rice. So you actually have a lot more choice and you've got lots of flavours then to play around with. Because nuts like almonds are very good for protein, getting protein in your diet, does that mean it's a better option to dairy? I, I believe it is. Now, that would be my opinion that I believe it is. And if you're going to go for any nut-based milk, I would recommend the hazelnut because it actually has more nutrients in it than the almond and better to digest. And would that be readily available in the local super- you supermarket? You can get in every local supermarket and they just have shelves of them and they even have their own brand now so you could get the recognizable brand and then if you went into let's say 
a big supermarket chain they have their own brand and they have about i would say seven to eight different types of plant-based milk and of course pancakes are not just for pancake tuesday you can have them any day of the week and you're going to have them available all week on your stall. all week and i made them last um saturday i actually made the batter the night before and then i actually cooked them on the stall on saturday so will i just run through a quick recipe fantastic so what i use then this is for a serving of four is one cup of flour just plain flour two tablespoons of sugar now i actually used organic sugar or coconut sugar is really tasty um, a tablespoon of baking powder and a teaspoon of salt now you might use half a teaspoon of salt and then i used one cup of milk one tablespoon of apple cider vinegar and that's where you get the really really fluffy frothiness and um, a teaspoon of vanilla and make that the night before just mix it all in mix together. it all now mix all your dry ingredients first and then mix your your wet ingredients and then put them together with a whisk make it really frothy and leave it in the fridge overnight so easy so so easy and then onto your pan a bit of oil in the pan no well i actually use a non-stick pan i don't like to cook with oil because it's a saturated fat so just literally what i like to do is little swirl so get a tablespoon and just swirl it around you get a nice little design wait for it to get the heat so you'll see the bubbles coming in at the top and then turn it over and it's like an american pancake you know the thick fluffy ones delicious pile up two or three of them some maple syrup and decorate with loads of nutritious berries and is it more suitable for a sweet pancake as opposed to a savory crepe if you wanted to add some non-dairy cheese to it for example you could do i'm not a huge fan of, of the non-dairy cheeses because when they melt but you could do if you wanted to now what i did do because i had a bit of batter left over was i added some peas sweet corn and potato to my batter and i made those and then we had them for our our tea that night fantastic <laughs> my daughter's sick of them <laughs> well it sounds like a great recipe an alternative to using the dairy if you yeah. are dairy intolerant or you're vegan they're vegan friendly as well yeah absolutely or vegetarian yeah and you can use them for everything so you can use them for breakfast you can use them for dessert you know you can use them for a bread and butter pudding you know and you can put lots of raisins and again you can get so many different varieties of plant-based custards now and throw that into the oven and it's just delicious now as we come into the spring you're popping up literally all over the place yes you're always in the limerick milk market on a saturday Saturday. upstairs and St. Patrick's weekend, you're doing a cookery demonstration. I'm doing a cookery demonstration on the 16th. There's a few of us actually, it's going to be a plant-based cookery demonstration. So we're starting off with a vegan crepe by Bon Appetit. And then we are going to have um, Teresa Story, who's going to do a bit of foraging. She's going to do a wild garlic um, pesto and then a nettle soup. So again, keeping to the green theme. And then I have got this amazing Guinness lentil stew that I'm going to be serving with Colcannon. You can't get more Irish and St. Patrick's than that. And of course your ingredients are perfect. St. Patrick's Day colours, the yes. oranges and the yes. greens. Yeah, absolutely. And the Colcannon, I mean, it's so it's so Irish. So again, that would be locally produced kale that I'm going to be mixing in with that. Because you are a great supporter of in-season, locally sourced ingredients. And also, I buy from, my, I buy from my, my friends. So, you know, when we're at a market on a Friday or a Thursday, we buy from each other. You know, it's, it's like a co-op, you know, and we're supporting each other. And then we're producing 
you know, really good dishes and then we're supporting each other and I suppose promoting each other as well. So I get all my greens now from um, a great guy in the Ennis Market on a Friday. Could you take being green to a whole different level? Your packaging, as much of it as possible, is biodegradable, it's environmentally friendly and you encourage customers to bring back their own containers and keep filling them up every week yeah so just before christmas as i'm upstairs i I work with maria harper from harper's coffee we decided we would launch the little top cafe underneath the big top and we would make it green so we're going green we're actually um we're doing a brilliant um competition with the green heart for it that we're going to actually donate to charity so there'll be more about that but we will be launching it on St Patrick's Day so we will talk about that maybe at another time but we'll be advertising it all over the milk market and on the stalls but everything I have is biodegradable or recyclable I don't use any plastic at all even my forks and spoons and all of those are all biodegradable now and um, I encourage my customers in fact they just do it now. So many customers come in with their already, you know, kept um, boxes, and I just replenish those for them. So we're not using. And even, do you know what they're starting to bring in is carrier bags. So I've started to promote. It could be Duns one day, it could be a local health shop, whatever it might be. But we're recycling even bags now. The paper bags they're bringing those in to me. So it's trying to make it as green as possible. Fantastic. Well, that's Saturday, you're in the milk market. You're yes. in Castle Troy Shopping Centre on a... Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday, inside in the pop-up, just outside Super Value, and outside on a Friday in the Farmer's Market. Um, and I'm also in Ennis on a Friday at the Rose, Rose Levin Market and in the lime tree on a Thursday as well. So I'm kept very busy. You are kept busy indeed. And as you say, the cookery demonstration is on on Saturday the 16th of March in the Limerick Milk Market. And if people want to find out where you are or to get your pancake recipe, where's the best So the, the best place, I'm very active on social media, so that's the best place to, to have it at the moment. Facebook and Instagram, I'm really, really active on. And I'm getting better at Twitter. Fantastic. Well, listen, lovely to talk to you. Happy Pancake Tuesday. Happy Pancake Tuesday to you, Sharon. Thank you. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste with Sharon Noonan. Sponsored by thetaste.ie. Voted Ireland's best online food and drink magazine. Welcome back to The Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan and just before the break, Kira Brannan, who is the founder of the plant-based catering and pop-up enterprise, Happy Food at Home, shared her recipe for dairy-free pancakes. So it might be too late to make them today, but sure, pancakes, they're perfect at any time of the week or year. So I hope you'll give them a try. If you're just tuning in, you might want to catch the best possible taste on West Limerick 102 FM when it's repeated on Wednesday mornings at 8am. And the podcasts are available to listen to on my website, SharonNunnan.com, as well as iTunes and the podcast app. And it's also on the taste.ie website. Now, Kira wasn't the only busy bee last Saturday. I enjoyed a visit to a local farm outside Newcastle West and just a few minutes from where I live in West Limerick. I'd come across a new goat's cheese in Sauna's health food shop in the heart of Newcastle West and I was keen to find out more about it. It's made by the Leahy family and I met young farmer and home economics teacher Seamus Leahy on the family farm to dig deeper. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. 
Seamus, thanks so much for having me here in your farm in Monagay. Yeah. It was great to see a new goat's cheese on the market down in Saunas in Newcastle West. Bally goat's cheese. And it has a very interesting story because you yourself, you obviously grew up on the farm here. How long have, have your family been farming? Um, well, Dad bought the farm 30 years ago. Uh, so he's been here for 30 years and I've been here since I was born. So I'm 26 now. So I'm here 26 years and doing it. Um, so we started goats um, when I was in secondary school. We started rearing them from Bohar for the charity. Um, and I always had a little passion and love for them. So Dad said I had to finish college and get a degree first. So uh, when I finished college, I just got into goats and we said we'd start milking goats. So you were you were breeding the goats for Bohar, you know, at Christmas time, whenever they go out yeah. to the um, the third world countries. The third world countries, oh, fantastic. yeah. Fantastic, okay. Yeah. So uh, we started milking goats in, in October of 2017. And we started supplying cordial goat cheese in Fireys near Killarney. And we were supplying him for a, over, just over a year. And he got out of business. So we had the goats, we had the milk. And we, we decided we had no market for it. So we had to do something. So we decided to buy the business off of Shane O'Leary. And this is where Bally Ghost Cheese came from. It's a soft goat's cheese because not all goat's cheeses are the same. And there's three different flavours. Yeah, so it's a soft goat cheese. It's uh, it's very mild in in taste. Um, it's kind of a lemony kind of taste as well. Uh, we do three flavors: the original, honey and chili, and garlic and thyme. And whenever you say it's lemony in taste, is that because of what you feed the goats? Uh, it's just the ingredients that we're that they're using the production. Uh, of it. it's going to be the secret ingredient. We're oh, putting we have there. a secret, secret ingredient secret that, ingredient you add that, to that it. we add to it, and it kind of gives it that kind of zesty uh, taste. Um, especially you can get it really in the original. Um, cheese more than the than the two flavoured cheeses but it's kind of gives that zesty and that's what chefs and the public seem to like and of course our very own Tom Flavin who is the executive head chef in the Limerick Strand Hotel he's probably one of the first chefs that you've that has taken it off you and that is using it and is very much actively promoting it yeah, out there yeah Tom was the first chef in Limerick to take to take cheese uh, he's taking two to three or four batches of it now um, and he seems to be taking a lot of it um, he's been very good he's been very supportive to us uh, give us a lot of um, information and pass on our details to, to more chefs. So it's generating more business. Now, I've had a look around the farm. Thanks so much for the tour. And it's not just goats that are here. You also have, is it beef cattle? Yeah, we also do a bit of beef cattle. We're cutting back on the beef cattle and hoping to concentrate more on the goats. <clears throat> just with the industry at the minute, with the beef industry, um, the money isn't isn't in them. Uh, they're, they're costing money to keep them more than, than what you're making out of them. So we're starting to cut back on the beef. Um, we have sheep as well. Uh, so we, just, we lamb yews in December and we kill the lambs in around to, to butchers around Easter time. Having met you in a previous life, I always thought that sheep were your passion. Like out of all the animals you could have on a farm, yeah. you would take sheep and show them at the, the agriculture shows. Uh, well, goats would be our first passion for showing. Um, so we do a lot of shows with goats. Uh, we do the Limerick, Newcastle West, Kilgarvan, Tralee and the Cork show. Um, so we've, we've been quite successful the last number of years. We've quite a lot of championships, one with the goats. Um, we've got into pedigree sheep in the last two years so we've kind of taken them to shows in the last two years we've been successful enough um, but hopefully this year we might, we might get some sort of an All-Ireland or something And were you the first person to show a goat in at the Limerick show? Yeah, I was the first person in 2008 um, at the Limerick show so it's just 11 years ago now uh, I was the first person to show goats there and the first person in Newcastle West as well to have to show goats at the show in Newcastle All in all, how many animals do you have here on the farm? 
Oh God, I don't know. There's probably there's about three. We not include the cats and yeah, the dogs. <laughs> there's, about, there's about 300 goats, I suppose, and then there were 100 yos and but over just over 100 cats. And whenever I looked at the goats, there's a lot of them white, but there's one or two black ones in there. Yeah, so we've, most of them are white. They're called a salmon. Uh, there would be originally kind of from Holland. They'd be more for the milk production. Uh, whereas then you have your Toggenbergs, which are brown, and you have British Alpines, which are the black ones, and then you have the ones with the, the hanging down ears. They're called Langdanubians. So they'd be for more for milk solids. They increase the milk solids to get a higher return on the volume of milk for the cheese per kilo. Like all of these things, there is a lot of science behind it that the end user doesn't actually appreciate because you're trying to get the best yield out of them. So what does that involve from a husbandry perspective? Yeah, so we we were using um, a dairy and beef ration, a normal cow dairy and beef ration. Um, but Howard's and Mallow, they're a feed company. They formulated a special goat mix for us. It was quite expensive. But what we found is the goats are doing better on it. Uh, we've better better quality milk, and you get a higher yield in your on your cheese as well. Uh, so it's been it's been quite successful, but it, it is it is expensive, but it's it's worth it in the long run. And are they indoors and outdoors for part of the year, or is it all inside? No, we keep them inside full time. Um, it's just for husbandry point of view. Um, parasites just they're very they're they're very susceptible to getting worms and fluke. So it's easier to keep them inside. We draw the grass into them with so zero grass. So we've um, Shane Bruder, he's up there in Nahawilk and Fiona. He Zero grazes for us during the summer months, and um, it just it seems to be working quite quite well. And we feed them maize silage as well over the winter. And you have been milking them once a day up until now, but you're going to move to twice a day. Yeah, so um, just we didn't need the volume of milk for at the minute, but from next week on, the cheese orders have started to flow in, so we need to start increasing our increasing what we're making in the cheese. So we're going to go to twice a day. This is not your full time job. You're away no. teaching Monday to Friday in Dublin. Yeah, uh, so I'm currently teaching home economics in Donabay Community College in Dublin. And absolutely love it. So I suppose I have to have the food gene somewhere, somewhere sore to me. Nevin Maguire would love you now. He wouldn't. <laughs> have you seen his new book, the the Home Economics for Life book? I haven't. No. Yeah, you must have a look at that I now because it. you know Nevin Maguire was the only boy in his school to do home economics back in the day. Well, it's not that long ago. Just in case he's listening, he <laughs> thinks I'm trying to say he's extremely old. He's yeah, not. And um, um, so he's very pro home economics he in is, yeah. school and. Tell me about the students that you're teaching. Are is it predominantly female students? Yeah, like in my in my leaving cert class, I've, there's there's no male, it's only all girls. And my fifth year class, I've one male. Um, and there's in the other sixth year classes, one male doing home economics. When I was in school in SMI in Newcastle West, <clears throat> there was only two of us, two males in the class, myself and the teacher's son, Mrs. Hogan's son, uh, from Drunkolher, Kieran. There was uh, just the two of us in the class. Um, so it was you know we're. And did he go on to pursue a career in the kitchen? No, he's farming as well. Okay. He's farming, full-time dairy farming. Well, they are very closely linked, aren't they? Farming and cooking. And your father was saying to me out in the yard there that he cannot understand people that cannot cook. It absolutely baffles him. Yeah, um, look, I suppose I can see it from you know, when I'm in the kitchen with students cooking, like... There's a lot of them that can that can cook. Um, as I was telling you, I had one person that burnt a chicken curry and set set fire alarms and and everything off. Um, you know they just there's people just don't have it. These just these are going to soup value or Duns or Laldi or somewhere. They get their ready meals. They can order a takeaway, delivered to the house. You know they have just to eat up or some whatever it's called on the phone, and it's delivered to their door in in minutes. And it's just a lot handier than. 
And what types of dishes are on the curriculum now? Like, what do you go through in home home economics? What are they learning? Well, I try to cook basic dishes that they can actually cook themselves at home. That they, you know, something that they will have an interest in cooking. Um, so kind of bolognese's curries, um, even you know pasta bolognese, different things like that. Very um, practical because it is pra- a life skill. Yeah, it's practical. It's practical. You know, you don't want to be cooking something fancy like you know that they're not going to eat. Um, like I cooked bread and butter pudding the other day. Absolute disaster because none of them, none of them would eat it. They couldn't figure out how you could have uh, bread and butter as a dessert. It just maybe, didn't. Maybe that's a regional thing though yeah. in Dublin. I think that yeah. might go down very well here. Would yeah, it not? like so, like <laughs> most of them wouldn't. They cooked it and they would decide they would eat it, so they left it and took it up to the staff room and sure, it was there for about two or three minutes and they had it, they, they, had, it, they had it devoured. Yeah, and this, you know, this, this is probably the regional thing as well. This wouldn't be used of eating stuff like that yeah because I um, have an American group coming to visit later this year and the the guide had said make sure there's bread and butter pudding on the menu because they absolutely love bread and butter pudding they're fascinated by it yeah and it is you know it's such an easy dish to make such an easy dish to make and a great leftover dish to make yeah or even crumbles like we made crumbles now yesterday we were making crumbles the first years and they absolutely loved it Um, and they they were they were really nice but as you know, your job at home teacher, you have to taste all the dishes as well and give them a bit of feedback on them, um, which can be can be good and bad. You know, I've been doing third year practicals lately, and um, some of the chicken I got was actually raw. Signed <laughs> some of the okay, dishes. Yeah. Um, you know, it was burnt on the outside, and how they managed it again, but it was raw. It was pink in the middle. So it must be very challenging juggling the two. You're going to keep going in this way for the next few years, or yeah, what, it is, what it would is, you like to, yeah. to see changing? Yeah, it's very challenging to join juggle the teaching and the and the and the cheese and the farm. Um, so I suppose from September I won't be going back. Won't be back to if I can get around locally. Um, I'll take a job locally, but I won't be won't be going venturing too far. It's just you know, um, I'd like to stay at home as much as I could. You know, even like in the evenings, it's just. You know, when I finish school in the evenings, I'm trying to do emails and phone calls, and it's very hard to try and juggle to get someone to meet chefs when you know when you're saying, "Oh, okay, well, someone will meet you tomorrow," and then you try and ring home to make sure that there's someone around to meet the chefs, and it's you know it's hard to. Whereas if you're at home, at least you when you if you finish school at four o'clock, you can if you have a cooler bag, you can keep it in the car all day, and you can go meet your chefs after school or something. Your parents are very hands on. Your mother goes down to fireys, doesn't she? Yeah, so, twice a week, is it? Yeah, so um. She makes it usually on a Wednesday and then the two of us go down on a Saturday and make it again. So we'll be going down after later on. Yeah. Okay, later. I I hope I'm not holding you back. No, you're not. No, no, stop. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we'll, we'll go back and we'll make it and again. And it's, yeah, it's, um, it, look, it's, it's nice. It's kind of it's therapeutic because it's, 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 it's a handmade product. Um, so it's um, it's made in small batches of five kilos. It's, it's, it's quite time consuming, but it's, it's therapeutic as well. You know, it's. You relaxing. enjoy it. You obviously yeah. very much enjoy it. Yeah, it's, it's it's nice, and then it's you know it's great to get when it goes to a chef and can you, fe- you get the feedback. It's it's absolutely wonderful, like to to get the feedback. And um, I see you know there was even Cree restaurant in Tralee. They had um, an article in the Kerry's Eye last week. It was the Kerry Food Initiative or something, and actually our ghost cheese was was in their picture. Fantastic. So it's you know it's great to see stuff like that like that. It's getting coverage and it's getting to be known out there. Yeah, yeah, and it's wonderful. To, you know, to, when you when you're talking to chefs and they're like, this is absolutely wonderful product. Or, um, you know, even Mary Fitzgerald from the Woodlands House Hotel, uh, sent me a text on Saturday to tell me how wonderful the product was. And that you know, it's, it's lovely to get those texts and those absolutely. that feedback from 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 these industry experts. Like, so I know you can get it in Sauna's Health Food in Newcastle West, and you've mentioned Tom Flavin and the Fitzgerald's mm. Woodlands Hotel. Where else? can people get it so steve's um service station in duo 
and with some brighties and fireys as well. That's kind of all the shops we've got ventured into yet. Uh, we're starting, well, my mother's starting the Food Academy program Monday. With in, Super Value. Yeah, in, it's actually in Chile she's doing it because we're because the food hub is based in Kerry. Uh, so she's starting that. So hopefully we'll be in Super Values in the not so distant future. So the milk comes from the farm here just outside Newcastle West and then you take it down to the Food Hub in Fireys in County Kerry yeah. to, to make it. You said there about there's the original flavour, there's the honey and chilli and there's the garlic and thyme. Which one is the most popular? The original. The original uh, well, is. Well, all chefs take the original bar. Well, maybe one or two hotels that take the honey and chilli. Um, but um, what we've seen actually from the sales, especially in Sonas, it's the original cheese. Really? She's flying uh, out the door. Because my favourite is definitely the honey and chilli. I love it. Yeah. Which one's your favourite? Garlic and thyme. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Isn't it great now that there is such difference in taste there? And have you any plans to add to the range in terms of flavours? Yeah, so the plan, the plan would be kind of once I finish school in, in May, the end of May, would be to kind of concentrate maybe on developing a, maybe kind of a hard cheese or even a feta style. Greek style feta cheese. Fantastic. Um, yeah, I'm looking into different because I'm, I'm friends with a with a guy in in Wales. Um, he's only kind of the same age as me, and he only started off in goats as well last year. And um, he's making he's, he's doing cheese as well. So we're kind of kind of working kind of together and um, kind of passing ideas, bounce ideas with, yeah, off each other. Off each so other, yeah. It must be great to have somebody like that that you can talk to, and there's no threat of competition. Well, that's, yeah, and it's yeah, you know, it's great to someone of your own age as well that has the same interests as well. That you know, you can bounce ideas, and he's he also rears his male kids for for meat. Um, so we're going to plan on doing that as well. That we will have goat burgers or goat sausages for sale, maybe over the summer months. So we're going to food fairs, things like that. We'll be able to carry our barbecues with us and sell so sausages and burgers. More flavours and more products branching into meat. If you had a crystal ball and you could look into it and see five years, ten years down the line, yeah. what what would you look at? What would you be seeing in that crystal ball? Yeah, um, well, I'd be hoping to, to, to go into the um, liquid milk industry. Um, so, you know, producing liquid milk in bottles for, for sale in shops. Goat's milk. Yeah, there seems to be a huge demand for that. Um, and actually, I see... Only last night on Facebook, at the Goat Milk, Goat Milking Association in the UK, and they're advising people in the UK not to get into milking goats because the um, the big producer or big big companies in the UK have actually pulled their contracts with the farmers because of Brexit. They from the thirty first of March, their season production. Uh, so a lot of the farms there's actually a big auction of nearly fourteen hundred milking goats in in Cornwall in the UK today. Um, they, they, they have no export markets they're, they're trying to pull back so I think there probably will be um, a demand there for that because you know England are quite big suppliers of goat's milk um, to, to mainland Europe um, so you know when if that's if you know when they're these big companies are getting out and you know there's about I'd say 20,000 goats for sale in the next couple of weeks in the UK so where's where that market going to be filled I think there's definitely going to be a market there for that <clears throat> so Brexit in, in is actually posing an opportunity for you in that regard I, I would think so yeah yeah um that's what I'm seeing from from the from the industry in the UK they seem to be losing their the UK or they seem to be losing the mainland Europe markets um so we don't know so we don't know what's going to happen with Brexit yet so we're going to be very hard to know but and that's what the the look the look is is at the minute anyway if a chef is listening or maybe a nice food outlet that would like to, to stock your product, mm-hmm. what's the best way for them to get more information or to make contact with you? Yeah, so um, 
we're Belly Ghost Cheese on Facebook. Just give us a like. Uh, you can message us there. Our contact details are all there. Um, you can email us as well. It's leahyfarmfoods at gmail.com. Um, and just give us an email or give us a like us on Facebook. Fantastic. Well, listen, congratulations on the new business. I, I'm sure it's going to have a great future for you. And thanks so much for talking to me about it today. Thanks very much for giving us the opportunity to talk about it on Whistler Corner too. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste with Sharon Noonan. Sponsored by thetaste.ie. Voted Ireland's best online food and drink magazine. You're very welcome back to The Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan and just before the break, Seamus Leahy, who double jobs as a home economics teacher and a farmer in West Limerick, told me about his family's new venture, which is the production of a handmade goat's cheese, Bally Goat's Cheese, which comes in three delicious flavours. And earlier in the programme, Kira Brannan, who is the founder of the plant-based catering and pop-up enterprise Happy Food at Home, shared her recipe for dairy free pancakes. If you're just tuning in, you might want to catch the best possible taste on West Limerick 102 FM when it's repeated on Wednesday mornings at 8am. The podcasts are available to listen to on SharonNoonan.com as well as iTunes and the podcast app and it's also on the taste.ie website. So we're almost at the end of tonight's programme. But before we finish up, this Friday is International Women's Day and the Mustard Seed in Ballingarry is hosting its annual dinner on Thursday night to mark the occasion. This is the third year of the dinner and it is always a really lovely night. It's completely sold out this year, I believe. So if you haven't managed to book your place, perhaps the sparkling afternoon tea by the Savoy Hotel in Limerick is a welcome alternative. It is hosting its International Women's Day celebration in aid of Novus from 3pm this Friday, the 8th of March. There is a Prosecco reception, afternoon tea and entertainment. And the guest speaker is local author Roisin Meany, who has been a guest here on the programme and is always a delight to hear speaking. Check out Eventbrite for tickets. And closer to home in the library in Newcastle West on Friday evening, there's a celebration of words, song and music from 7.30pm. And no doubt all across the country, there are lots of events taking place to mark International Women's Day, the theme of which this year is Balance for Better. And that brings us to the end of tonight's show. Thanks so much for tuning in and to my guests, Kira Brennan and Seamus Leahy. Next week, you'll have a chance to hear the best of 2018 show, but feel free to get in touch in the meantime with your food and drink news, recipes and events. Email me, s.nunan at live.ie. I hope you've had a lovely Pancake Tuesday. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Happy International Women's Day for this Friday. And bon appetit. Thanks for listening to The Best Possible Taste with Sharon Noonan. Sponsored by thetaste.ie. Voted Ireland's best online food and drink magazine. To get in touch with The Best Possible Taste, email Sharon at SharonNoonan.com or tweet Sharon at Queen of Org. As in, Queen of Organisation. Bon appetit.